Happy to be joined now by Liberty basketball head coach Richie McKay uh, following the Flames' conclusion of their 2021-2022 men's basketball season. Uh, and coach, uh, came up short, weren't able to get the four-peat and uh, losing to, to Bellarmine there in the A-Sun semifinals. What's your uh, overall takeaway and, on things that you learned about your, your squad this past season? John, thanks for uh, scheduling this time. Uh, always enjoy speaking with you guys and certainly appreciative of the passion in which uh, you guys cover us. You, you really, you cover us at a, at a high major level and uh, we're, we're grateful for that. Um, as you remember, I think I said with about a month ago in the season, one of the things we played for our guys uh, was a portion of a message where one of the pastors said, it's really hard to be grateful for what you feel entitled to. And I just think by introduction, when you said uh, not able to four-peat, you know, when, when I think about that, I, I think when you're when you're in the moment and you're as competitive as we are, uh, I just think you kind of just keep expecting to compete for championships and you, you maybe take for granted what you've accomplished. So disappointed that we weren't able to win the conference title this year, but certainly proud of our guys and the way they represented our university and our program, our athletic department and themselves. Um, but obviously uh, just came up a little bit short uh, in the semifinal game against Bellin. Sure. And uh, you know, you mentioned that and, and, and I agree with you. I mean, I think what this program's done the past, you know, five seasons, really, if you go back to last year in the eight, in the big South uh, it is really quite remarkable. And, you know, being able to, to do a three-peat, I don't know if it got enough uh, appreciation for quite the feat that that was, especially doing it, you know, last year, a year ago, you know, after uh, losing those four seniors. And, I mean, we saw what, what Iona did, you know, falling in their quarterfinals of their tournament. And, uh, you know, they were kind of a mid-major darling all year. And, and uh, you know, we as Liberty fans and and you guys as a team got to uh, see them up close in person. So, so I'm not sure that – uh, we necessarily appreciated the three-peat as much uh, as maybe we should have. Would you agree with that? Uh, but I think that's that's fans everywhere. And uh, like we talked about, you can't have it both ways. You can't want your fans to be incredibly passionate and engaged and uh, living and dying with, uh, you know, with your, your team and, and its pursuit and then be upset if they're ap- apathetic or – uh, not showing up. I, so I understand it. <clears throat> I will say this, John. Everyone in the profession knows how hard it is. So I, I probably had, I don't know, 20 text messages uh, just talking about what a great season it was, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I, I think immediately after the, the end of your season, uh, Rick Bird texted me and said, the hardest night of the year is always after – uh, after your last loss when you know you're either not advancing or not playing the next day. And I agree with a lot of that, but um, I, I'm happy our fans want us to win so badly, but also want to have the right uh, barometer of success and, and the right perspective. And what our group this, did this year, John, was it was significant. And I'm, I'm proud of them, uh, disappointed we didn't, you know, we're not playing the NCAA tournament, hard to watch games right now, but uh, and these, these guys are, they're tremendous, tremendous people. They add value to our community, our campus. And uh, I think that's success. 
How, how much do you think, you, you know, you talked the last month or so of the season about, you know, after that COVID pause you guys went on where, where you got two games, I think it was, uh, pushed back into February and playing such an arduous uh, schedule the past, you know, five or six weeks of the year leading into that conference tournament. How much do you think, you know, having games, you know, three games a week, if not more, um, you know, that, that last five or six week stretch, you know, played into just the fatigue of, of your team and, and add to that, you know, I'm sure they felt the weight and the pressure of that three-peat of wanting to, you know, you talk about how much they want to please, and I'm sure they wanted to, you know, please you, please the fans, please the previous players uh, that have moved on and, and keeping that streak alive. How much do you think that, that fatigue just weighed on them going into the final couple of weeks? Yeah, I think that's a great point. I I think two things really uh, made that, like, well, we weren't ever quite the same after the COVID pause. And, and I think it was a combination of maybe not having the same amount of practice time that we usually get. When it's two games a week, our guys, we were on a pretty good routine relative to the things that are important to our system and and, and building our habits. <clears throat> but when you squeeze all those games in, I think it was 12 or 13 games in 31 days. And there, there was just the, the mental exhaustion of preparing a scouting report and knowing each personnel because we put a high uh, premium on you being able to articulate the scout back to us. Uh, maybe some defensive habits kind of got eroded and so I, I just think we weren't quite the same. <clears throat> there was a game, I don't know what the date was, John, the, the Jacksonville game at home. We were we were playing the best basketball of our season. And shortly after that, I think we went on pause. And um, I, 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 I just feel like we never were able to recoup that level of play and, uh, and, and, and chemistry. Our teams have typically been pretty good in February leading up to March, but uh, I, I think we were just trying to piece it together a little bit. Uh, and again, that's my responsibility. I, um, I think I would do some things differently looking back on it. At the same time, I was very cognizant of how many minutes uh, our starters and and uh, those top seven guys were playing and uh, felt like I need to make sure we had enough gas in the tank towards the end. Yeah, and I've mentioned to you previously that I think this was the 20th season that I've been a Liberty basketball fan, and I grew up a huge college basketball fan. I think I've told you before, I grew up a UVA fan, and uh, uh, can remember growing up watching those ACC tournaments and the NCAA tournaments when they were fortunate enough to get into it. Uh, but I wanted to ask you about Darius McGee. I mean, the season, you know, I haven't watched all that basketball I've watched before. The season that, that he put on this past year, in my opinion, it's the best, the greatest individual season any player has ever had in Liberty basketball history. And it's probably in the top, you know, 10 or so, maybe even higher than that of recent mid-major basketball players. I mean, you know, can you just speak to, you know, the level of play that, that Darius played at throughout the entire year, really? Yeah, John, I've heard you talk about it. We we tweaked our offense uh, in order to take advantage of just how incredible of, of a season uh, and, and talent that we were experiencing in the form of Darius McGee. It was, I mean, it was fun to watch. I, I, I can remember 
doing an interview and saying, hey, if, if you're not coming to the arena to watch him, you're missing out because he just he's he's able to do some things that, you know, in 32 years of this, I haven't seen done before. And, and Liberty's had some really terrific individual players that had put on that jersey. And uh, in, in recent years, oh, Caleb Holmesley and, and Mayo and Scotty and Georgie and uh, Lavelle, like we, we, we've had a bunch of guys that have continued to go and play for money. And, and Darius is just, <laughs> he was really fun to watch. I think his humility is infectious. And we all as Liberty fans, to have the individual performance of Malik and Darius and, uh, and, and our other sports baseball and wait, like there's just, this is a great time to be at Liberty because I think Ian McCall refers to it as a, really a golden era, uh, or golden age. And I think Darius would, uh, <clears throat> would be in that, uh, that Mount Rushmore, uh, if you will, of Liberty basketball greats. Mm, that, that's well said. And, uh, you know, you're, you're right. I, I tweeted something about that <clears throat> not too long ago about, you know, Malik Willis could be the QB one of the coming upcoming NFL draft. Darius McGee led the nation in scoring and Liberty's currently got Derek Orndorff leading the nation in home runs, not to mention Jill Bolton, who uh, was a national player of the year in field hockey on a runner-up team. It, it, it's pretty remarkable. The level of success that we're seeing across the board at Liberty, um, you know, as you uh, kind of, you know, continue to assess your team and moving forward to next year and your final season in the A-Sun, uh, you know, what are, what are some things you, you think that uh, you guys need to improve on the most uh, to continue to, to compete at a high level next year? Yeah, John, we talked about this maybe off, the, off air. You know, I made the decision to, uh, to, to build with the template that we have been building within the past, and that's uh, taking freshmen, trying to get ahead of the recruiting game and identify them early and, uh, and see if we can, uh, get them, uh, in, uh, or on our campus. And, uh, cause we think our campus sells itself. So, uh, when we didn't take a transfer last year or junior college player and Elijah and, uh, Chris didn't come back, I kind of thought this, you know, we're going to be young. If we can get through this hard non-conference schedule, we'll be competitive in the league. And that's what you always want. So uh, I, I do think losing Darius will, will be a, if he decides to go and, and pursue professional basketball, I think that'll be a blow. Um, but also, I also saw glimpses when a few times he wasn't on the court, which was very few. <laughs> uh, I, I saw some things that I think are a little bit more characteristic of, who we've been. And I, I think Joseph, Isaiah, Brody, all who are the freshmen or COVID freshmen had good seasons. And I think their spring and summer are really important to our cause. Um, I, I love the incoming freshmen that we have, uh, Colin Porter, uh, Zach Cleveland, Ben Sutherland. And then I think there's that host of older guys, John, that, you know, obviously will grow in their, uh, scoring roles and and uh, and some other roles that we need them to step up into if uh, if we're gonna keep competing for the top of the league. But I wouldn't put anything past this this group of young men. It's there's a there's a established culture and standard that I, I think would uh, and I can't guarantee you how many wins, uh, but I think any program 
would like to have and and uh thank the lord we're fortunate enough to have it going back to your your time all the way back you know to when you were at virginia under uh, tony bennett and you know you've been in the pack line for for a long time now and you've known of it even before then with uh dick bennett and and, and that relationship there um but as you look ahead to next year i mean you got you know, three high-level defenders and probably more, but just, you know, the first guys that come to mind, Shiloh Robinson, Isaiah Warfield, Joseph Van Zant. Have you ever seen three guys with the individual ability to defend at such a high level on the same team at the same time or over that time that you've been in the pack? Yeah, great question. And, and really astute observation. Typically the pack is a defense that, you know, yeah, you might have one, maybe two really – good one-on-one defenders, but uh, what makes the pack um, so, uh, I think, difficult to score against is all five guys being on the same page. And uh, you mentioned three individual defenders that are terrific. I I think we had Darian Atkins, Akil Mitchell, Malcolm Brogdon. I think Justin Anderson had that ability to really defend. So I think we were we were close in terms of toughness, athleticism, anticipation. Um, but those three make our defense different. And you you saw that in the Bellarmine game. I know we didn't get the desired outcome, but it was because our shot making wasn't what we were used to seeing. We defended well enough to win that game. And we the game before that, uh, we, we, we won because of our defense against Lipscomb. So I think we were kind of getting back to – uh, who we, whom we are supposed to look like, and I'm excited about those guys going forward. And don't forget Kyle Road and Blake Preston. Like they, mm-hmm. they really understand the system. Kyle is just a, a flat-out warrior, and I think Blake continues to improve athletically. So we need them to take a big step next year, uh, Micaiah as well. Uh, in in order for us to, again, uh, I think be the best version of ourselves. Uh, one more question here about your uh, personnel. Brody Peebles is a guy, uh, you know, came in highly recruited and, you know, had, had other offers and other options of where he wanted to go, but he chose to, to stick, uh, with you and and the flames in this program. And, uh, he showed flashes throughout the year of, you know, he did it against Bellarmine where he scored 10 points in such a short period of time where, where he showed that, that ability to, to light up the scoreboard like, like he did in, uh, in high school for such a long time down in Alabama. Uh, how important is this upcoming off season and, and summer for him and his development and how much growth do you expect to see out of him going into next year? Man, John, I love Peeves. That, that kid is such a good player and I wanted to give him more minutes. There was, there were just some matchups that um, weren't to our advantage uh, sometimes out there. And, uh, but, but I've seen his growth and development in just a year. And sometimes uh, maybe, maybe it's, it's harder than you want it to be, but it's worth it when you get to the other side of it. And I think that's going to be true for Brody. I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, And, and he's so easy to, to root for because he's, he's a fabulous kid. He's got great humility and, he might be, I've had some really good ones that I've been around, but he might be the hardest working kid that I've ever been around. He loves the game. Uh, he loves to win. Uh, and I, I think he's, I think he's going to have a, a tremendous off season that will catapult him into uh into a place where we all hope and want him to be. 
Well, coach, uh, you know, unfortunately not, not continuing to play basketball deep into March this year, like, like you've been able to the last few seasons, but, uh, you know, does this give you a chance to, to maybe, uh, hit the recruiting trail a little bit earlier and harder than you've done in the past few years? <laughs> I think we're always recruiting hard, John, and, and, uh, we, I, I think you heard about our, uh, future commits that we're really excited about and, uh, but, but yes, we're on the recruiting trail and you know what, it's, uh, you mentioned the the golden era of Liberty Athletics and and our, our administration from the top, uh, Dr. Prevo and uh, Dr. Hicks, all, all of those uh, top administrators, uh, and most importantly, Ian McCall and Mickey Gritty and Aaron Hagan, they they've allowed us uh, as an athletic department to really thrive as coaches. You know what I'm going to enjoy here? Not having to play is going to some of the other sports games because unless hope, you know, baseball can can make an incredible run like they're off to a terrific start. And that's that's John. That's the thing about being at Liberty, man. It's heck. It's hard to be one of the best coaches on your campus, let alone in your league or in the region or nationally, because we just have some fabulous coaches, and uh, we're privileged to uh, coach some unbelievable student athletes. So. I mean, I think the, the future is bright for uh, Liberty University and, uh, and the Flames. And uh, Flames Nation continues to grow. Hats off to Sea of Red. And uh, let's see if we can't just keep uh, uh, up, uplifting, uplifting our, uh, our programs to a level that uh, we're, we're able to be on the national scene and, and glorify God while we're doing it. I mentioned this to you the other day about uh, how much that that pain ca- caused uh, myself and uh, some of my other friends and things uh, th- from Saturday night. But but one thing I did mention to you is the play of Liberty Baseball has been able to keep my mind off that pain, if you will, and, and, and that's been Thank a you, Coach that, that's been a good thing. So so we'll continue to to look forward to cheering on the baseball team this spring and the other sports that on the campus as well. Uh, Coach McKay, appreciate your time as always, and uh, look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, John. Appreciate you. Thank you.